Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Yeah, and you can see today that the continuous fitness levels have definitely increased. And, but today? It was, it was last fucking week just came on. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that, by the way. This is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. And got a tweet sent to us. Got a lot of tweets sent to us, let's be <coughs> honest, over the last couple of days. But Michael Rudd, I think... It really cut deepest, hurt the most, he said. And I can't read it without singing it. You only pod when we're losing. Pod when we're <laughs> losing. Pod when we're losing. Well, here we are. We come late, but we're here to talk about a 4-0 spanking of Southampton. And by God, that was enjoyable, Liam. Like, I can't believe that we've had a way to let all this out. But Aston Villa, there I sit. Are back. We have our club back. <laughs> I know that we can bounce from the extremities of how bad it can be to the highs of this, but that was just fun. Such an enjoyable afternoon. I can't remember just sitting back and being so proud and so comfortable watching my boys go at it. And actually, someone that really summed it all up for me, like the real difference, like all the chances were probably the biggest difference and the all the goals as well obviously helped, but... 15 minutes, we're 1-0 up, and John McGinn and Matt Cash make about 6 tackles in 12 seconds over on the right-hand side, and it was just ratty, it was intense, it was hungry, and when they were 1-0 up, they weren't letting it slip, which is exactly what we wanted from them more and more, we wanted them to keep the standards for 90 minutes, and I think, I think 
this was the most complete performance of the Steven Gerrard era. Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. And don't ever apologize again for bouncing from the extremities. I mean, that is the job. That is the role profile for a football fan. So there's no <laughs> need to ever apologize for that. If you can't get excited and depressed, then stop watching football. Nobody's impressed that you're even-tempered when watching a football game. <laughs> yeah. But that was an absolute battering. A new call for it last week. We know how sort of happened. They're going to set up. So let's set up accordingly. Yeah. And the system we played against Brighton was perfect to play against Southampton, as it turns out. It's like Southampton had two midfielders against four, yeah. which should mean there's a bit more space out wide, but they, they couldn't get the ball out there from an advanced position because they were strangled if they came anywhere near the middle of the field. And the weird thing is, Southampton knew how we were going to play too, surely to God. I mean, we were terrible for five or six weeks, changed the system and won 2-0. Ralph, we're going to play the same system, yeah. clear as fucking day. And this man is called the Alpine Klopp whenever he was joining Southampton. I mean, he's as far away from Jurgen Klopp as the sound the music is from heavy metal. The <laughs> hills are alive with the sound of people talking absolute shit. And it was so easy for Aston Villa to play right through the middle. It was four on two, for fuck's sake. It was so easy for Aston Villa to stop Southampton from playing. The Alpine Klopp didn't do anything to try to stop Coutinho. Imagine that. He didn't do anything to exploit Douglas Louise. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything in the whole game. He just said, here's what I've been doing for the last three and a half years with my limited players. What have you got? <laughs> well, a system that will beat that and better players. What do you mean? Is this a fucking trick question? It's really not that difficult to see how Hassenhuddle loses 9-0 once a season. Like Douglas Louise had three teammates between him and his opposite numbers at all time. Yeah. Like, that's a wet dream for Douglas Louise. And he made a fucking mess of the sheets. <laughs> he fucking loved it. Uh, like, this is it. Like, I think the most heartening thing about this performance was we have noticed too often, you know, when Phil have gone to play Southampton in the past, Dean Smith seemed to keep getting caught out by the 4-4-2. But Gerard actually went at it. He exploited it. He targeted that weakness that that's so predictable for Southampton. And when it got to three 0 and I think it might be four 0 because it came a few minutes after the third goal, caught the Ralph Hudson huddle, and he was shaking his head. And I was looking at him, going like, "What? What? What did you think was going to happen? You've come out, and I, I thought they might have changed their system for the second half, but they didn't. And I can only imagine my anger if that was my team. And he was shaking his head, and I was looking at him thinking. This is going to be 9-0. This is going to be another... It's, it's happening again right in front of us and he's pretending like he's asking to do something else. Like, don't lose 9-0. I'm, I'm not going to do anything to allay that. I'm just asking you to not lose 9-0. And it could have fucking been 9-0 if Villa were a bit more clinical. Like, this is the most competitive Rossenthal Award coming up of all time. Of all time. And Villa still won 4-0. Yeah, I can only assume that's the only award category we've got later. Otherwise, this could be a two-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go through the first goal. You talked about the space in the middle and the, the space for Coutinho. I mean, don't let Coutinho turn. Like He's going to get turned anyway, but letting him turn, that is just insane. He, he actually couldn't believe he's lucky. He looked over his left shoulder and thought, actually, there's nobody here with me. Just turned around <laughs> on the center circle, had a look up. And like he's played this ball with so much purpose and so much impatience as well that it sort of takes Ings and the centre-back by surprise, but 
it's a great touch by Ying Zen because he's just reacting to like, oh, Jesus, he's just pinged his ball. Like, continues not hanging around and lovely pass from Ying Zing. and Watkins. They're hooking up together. They are combining. Lovely run from Watkins. Lovely ball from Ings. And then, oh my God, you're talking about a wet dream. Like, what a fucking turn. Like, the, the balls and Ollie Watkins there. Like, you know, my balls are empty looking at that turn. But, like, <laughs> for, for him to sort of preempt that, like, he's actually touched. He hasn't, he hasn't even bothered to think about what the defender's doing. He knows what he's going to do. He has him on a string. He's turned magically takes a little touch and just whips it around uh fraser forster yeah and, they, and to be fair everything i said there the first couple of minutes so i thought more actually better on and off the ball he had a better touch and passing and movement and were more aggressive out of possession than we were but we didn't panic that we sat in and we weathered the storm storms storms far too strong I mean, we we stood under a shop front for a few minutes and waited for the rain to pass <laughs> <laughs> we Philip, we Philip got sick of it. He stuck his hand out from under the shelter and said, "Ah, it's only a wee drizzle, lads. Let's go to fuck." That's not a direct quote, but I'm sure it's close enough. And he went looking for the ball, and he went looking for holes. Like he even came too deep to get on it, and that's all right. If as soon as you get on it, you're going to play a thirty-yard pass right through the middle of the pitch, bypassing where you should be, and yeah, like it's a brilliant touch from Danny Ings. It's a great pass to his strike partner. It's a beautiful turn from Ollie, followed by a not very great finish and an absolutely a terrible piece of goalkeeper. <laughs> I just thought he was he was close enough to him that it, it, the finish was enough, right? Or am I being uh, that, too happy? The, the ball's close enough to him that if it goes past Martinez like that, we'd be we'd be having a, a few minutes to talk about that. <laughs> well, two 0 Welcome, Callum Chambers, to Aston Villa. My God, <laughs> give him the ball in a yard of grass. He'll find you the perfect pass. I mean, do you know what I love most about this is that Coutinho plays in the ball and he goes again knowing, yeah, Chambers will find me. You know, <laughs> I'm going in behind the defense here, behind 11 players, but you know, Cal- Callum will pick me out. And Callum, oh my God, like what the fuck was that? Outside of the boot, up and down, in a short, in a sh- over a short, space of uh meters what the hell am i saying i'm too excited here and it drops down for coutinho who just caresses a lovely little volley to douglas louise who's followed up because he has a lot of space he's not bothered he doesn't have to play defensive midfield anymore and it's uh it's 2-0 but what a ball from callum chambers he sparked it all off yeah i mean if Gerard wants to return to his preferred two number 10 system we know bundiak won't get back in anyway i, mean... <laughs> I have this exact same thing written down <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bundy has been so good, but there's so much competition there. Now there's only one, and now it's like looks like Callum Chambers is up there with him. <laughs> yeah, it's just an absolutely gorgeous ball, and it's the most gorgeous ball you'd see in most games. But it's outshone then by little Phil bringing the sauce with the first time volleyed cross to Dougie, who's just there dabbing the corner of his mouth with his napkin. Thanks, lads. That was absolutely <laughs> delicious. I'm as full as an egg. <laughs> I can actually see his mouth full as he's, he's finishing up. Like, right. <laughs> Three nil. Um, <laughs> Doug, Douglas Louise. I don't know if you noticed this, but he's sort of he's sleeping for a John McGinn free. Like this is how it all starts, and then he's actually sleeping later on as well for an Ashley Young free on the left. He's he's literally looking into the stands at one stage when Young plays it plays it a uh, short term, but. 
this time, he's not sleeping this time, but he's just slow to react. McGinn rolls it out to him. He doesn't get there first, but comes back. McGinn drives into the box. And what I love most is that he got tripped up. He's coming in from the right-hand side. And he gets back up. Like He's not he's not going to get the penalty. He knows it. He gets back up, chasing after the ball. Like classic John McGinn. But, but Danny Ings is there. Don't worry about it. Danny Ings with five goals and four assists, by the way, this season so far. Villa's leading goal contribution. Uh, pokes it back out, and then Coutinho. <laughs> Coutinho sends four of them for a battered sausage with his fake shot. It's just like, like what? <laughs> I'm fucking right-footed, you dickheads. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, all four of them jump to try and block. He brings it on to his right, gets a bit of a deflection with a little rasper of a shot, and in it goes. It's 3-0. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant from McGinn to get back on it and drive straight through them. After what you... We're very polite talking about. There was a really shit routine and pass out to Dougie from again. Shit oh, because of the for that. Pass. I blame Dougie. Uh, I was too far in front of him. It's a shit pass and it was intended for Dougie, so it's fucking a shit decision. <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> what else is there left to say about little Phil? It was a fucking unbelievable quick feet and decent spank. Yeah, and then the final goal. Uh, Matt Cash gets the assist. He, he can't help but bounce it up for Danny Ings, make it a little bit more difficult <laughs> for him. <laughs> it's uh, it's some finish from Ings, who I think deserved his goal as well. Just to, just to wrap his foot around it, great technique, gets it to the far side of the net, and uh, ah, it's party time at that stage. And you sort of thought the goals would keep coming, but you know, I'll take 4 0. <laughs> it's so simple. It's, it's a it's a one two and a cutback, and there isn't a Southampton player within ten yards of the ball at any point in the whole move. Yeah, it's a perfect pass from Coutinho, a great pullback from Cash, and a gorgeous finish from Ings. But it's also the Premier League. I mean, what are Southampton at there? This is just absolute basics, touch and go. It was it was pathetic from them, but brilliantly exploited by our three lads. Yeah, well. We're going to rattle through WhatsApp windows. <laughs> Please bear with us. <laughs> and we'll get back to the phone after this. I think the best place to start with WhatsApp windows is a WhatsApp wind of yours, Liam. Uh. <laughs> Got a message. I'm not spending my lunch watching these cunts failing to see out a 1 0. There it is. There it is in black and white. Uh, the knee jerk, the panic, the WhatsApp whinge. The classic, the whole purpose of this segment, although it's not supposed to be coming from fucking me, is it? You can just imagine, you can absolutely imagine how I was feeling though, sitting down, choking on my sandwich. I mean, nothing could sum up the life of an Aston Villa fan more than recovering from two defeats against teams in the bottom three by beating a direct rival for, for a league position anyway. And then in the first 60 seconds of the next game, your poster boy, one of your centre midfielders, losing the ball twice because he <laughs> couldn't think of what to do with a fucking football. And I'm sitting there thinking, have I, have I actually taken my lunch break to watch this? <laughs> well, the second one is... Look, you know, I'm very happy with the result, but I want to talk about this. Why is Martinez floating balls out to the Southampton left-back? <laughs> <laughs> that that was a theme as well in that first half. Like it's it's sometimes like he's not he's just not pushing himself to put his foot through it. Couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I I, I know we're probably going to lose the ball anyway with one man up top there and he'd have to really spank it to give him a chance of getting up for a header that he if he does win, he's not going to get it to anybody around him. But Martin is just like ah 
look, I've made a calculation here. I'll just buy us a bit of time by floating out to that wing where nobody is, nobody in a villa shirt anyway. And it's sort of because Martin is at such a high level. Do you remember Adrian, who used to play in our five aside team? Yeah. And he, goalkeeper, brilliant goalkeeper, but we had this ratty five aside team that just chased boys down and, you know, didn't let them get a shot. It was just. Mourinho would have loved this like it was a perfect Mourinho five-a-side team everybody worked their arses off didn't let any runners run we all tracked every runner and we hit teams on the break and and it worked over and over but Adrian who was a top class keeper deserved better than that he (laughs) he deserved to showcase what he was able to do rather than having to make one or two saves a game and he got bored every so often and he just throw the ball. Remember, he would just throw the ball out to the opposition again. Like the rare times he got his hands on it, he just threw it straight back out. They have another shot at me. I've been sitting here all fucking day waiting to waiting to dive like I'm fucking cold here. And he just gave them the ball back on purpose. And I was starting to wonder, is Martinez doing that? Is he just giving Southampton the ball back? It's an interesting theory, but I think there's probably a simpler answer. <laughs> Martinez is absolutely brilliant, but he has got dodgy enough feet, and he does often just clip the ball out over our fullback's head. Like, how often have you seen him do that? He's got far too much trust on his grand left foot as well. Yeah, he, was, he, he kicked one out of his hands on his left foot as well, needlessly, just because Shea Adams was standing in front of him. I like that, to be honest. Not, I liked it as well, but it's fucking insane. This is just Emmy Martinez. Is that right between the ears? Well, I say I like it. He kicked it out of play. <laughs> yeah, but he kicked it 80 yards up the pitch. Yeah, he did. he did. Yeah, and uh, to be fair to me, he did only make one save that I can remember. I think Tyrone Mings has gone for a little nap again, and then it's a good run and good spank from Adams, but it just isn't good enough because Martinez predicts it. Like He's dived before Adams has hit a shot from open play, and oh. he saved the ball. It's incredible. I I actually think... I actually think that was almost uh, not the same thing as giving the ball away, but it gave him the whole net to say, go ahead, like, there it is. <laughs> There's the, go, go ahead, see what you have, wise up. And he just, <laughs> the, the reactions to get down, it was such a, a viciously struck shot that it ended up going over the bar, even though Martinez had to get low to save it. But uh, it was that was just brilliant to see. Like I, I, The athleticism of that is a joke. Yeah, the athleticism of somebody the size of Emmy Martinez is just a joke in and of itself. I mean, it's preposterous. He shouldn't have the agility, the flexibility, and the the reactions of somebody who's six foot four and whatever he is, seventeen stone. Yeah, yeah, cat like reactions in a in a bare body. <laughs> um, and the final WhatsApp point I have is another one that we need to talk about. Nah, we don't because this boy's been phenomenal this season on the whole. Matt Cash still can't cross the ball even when Coutinho sits one up for him. <laughs> you remember that one? Like Coutinho just what what a pat like Jesus. If you look back at the highlights of this game, it's just Coutinho running the show. It's the the closest equivalent that I can remember in a long time of a, you know, a quarterback in American football. I don't mean playing the quarterback role. I mean someone running the offense. Like actually just everything going through him. And this was just this was Coutinho's team. This was his game. And little things, even setting the fullbacks away, like and making it easier for them. Cash has gone in this sort of awkward run where he's gone inside the the opposing fullback and Coutinho just floats it over both their heads and puts it in a nice angle for Cash to go closer into the box. And he 
he absolutely drills it. <laughs> it's, it's pointing up and he drills it at John McGinn this time. He was a player coming in the back of him. That's the one that Coutinho follows up with. He spanked that goes past the far post. Yeah, that's it. That was just an absolutely incredible move from Aston Villa altogether. I mean, the pass over the top is just it's absolutely incredible. But the fact that he finishes his own run into the box is just even more heartening. You said this at the start. We've had players in the past that after playing a pass like that, would stand and admire it while fixing their hair. But continually follows it in, and when he gets on the end of it, it's some strike. I mean, it's hit with as much conviction as the Greek court presiding over the Harry Maguire assault case. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll get to Harry Maguire later. And that's it for WhatsApp Winges. We've got a lot of awards coming up, a lot of tactics talks, and a lot of players to lavish some praise on. We'll see you in a minute. I, I burst onto the scene, didn't I? And I was going to be the next best thing. Oh, who, who was it that said? There was an interview somebody recently, and they said that he's always positive. It was Mika Richards. Hold on, I played for England at 18. Youngest ever defender to play for England. It was Mika Richards. He was talking on Sky Sports, and he said he's always positive. Sometimes you wish he wasn't as positive. Like he almost he said he was too nice. Right. What do you think, lad? I think Mika Richards should shut the fuck up. <laughs> Mika Richards ever done for Aston Villa? <laughs> Dean, Dean Smith got Aston Villa promoted from 14th in the championship. Mika Richards was just there collecting 40 grand a week while that was all happening. <laughs> oh, he's just brilliant. He's just top. What a guy to work with you are, honestly. Okay, let's try and get through this Rossens all the world because by God, it is. <laughs> First one, a big one as well. You don't forget some of these chances now because we had bigger and bigger and bigger chances. As we they genuinely like try and remember some of these nominations because <laughs> there's, there's going to be there's going to be a serious discussion about who wins. This one could be a winner. Uh, Ramsey takes the ball away from Ings at the back post from the corner. Like that was that was a clear goal. Danny Ings would have had a header from four yards out. He's coming straight in at the ball, and Ram, uh, Ramsey said he didn't hear a call. And I would sort of argue that well, you didn't hear a call, but you knew you weren't going to get that header anywhere near on target. So do you really need to get up and just flick it off the crown of your head out for a out for a goal kick of Courtney House stuff here? Yeah, it's, he's just let the ball hit him on the head. It's a bizarre choice. I mean, I would have hit the ball with my head. He's exactly he's gone after that with as much conviction as Harry Maguire has in a post game <laughs> apology. <laughs> this could be a good theme for Ronnie Ron, Ron Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> did you say a post-match apology? I did. David De Gea had a good one. Uh, fair play to him. But like that, that, that corner. Um, I think it was Coutinho who took it. 
Ramsey. Like that's the other thing, you know. Like Lucas Dina and Kanza were out, didn't didn't miss them at all. We just ripped through these boys, these jokers. But um, like that that corner was just before Coutinho had Ings and Ramsey. He was three on two, and he had Ings to his left, and he had Ramsey to his right, and he went to Ings to the left. I think Coutinho just loved the idea of a little trick pass, like the one to Ramsey was just clear into space, but. Oh, I thought Ramsey had enough credit in the bank. They put that in front of him and let him let him gallop, especially with that connection between Ings and Ramsey as well. But he went left to Ings. In fairness, he put Ings through as well. But um, <laughs> Ings, Ings just slipped. A few people were slipping in the first half. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, the obvious pass was to was to Ramsey, and you're probably right. The defenders could see it as well, so that's why he's gone the other way. And yeah, Ings does an impression of Bambi, and it's not it's not ideal, but he does recycle it. But yeah. Like, yeah. I'll let continue pick the passes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ings, uh, Ings has as much conviction staying on his feet as Harry Maguire did on any <laughs> occasion. <laughs> uh, second nomination. Oh, Coutinho just plays it through to Watkins, and it's just so easy for him. Sometimes I, I sometimes I wonder. It's so easy for Coutinho. Is he going to get bored? Like not not with Villa, not with the Premier League, just with football. He just shifts it on to his right and. There it is. There's the pass, and it just slides Watkins through. You know, in fairness, the runs are all there for him as well. Uh, I think Watkins could have gotten out of his feet better, but even then, it's just a, it's just a timid finish off Forster's legs. He just like Jacob Ramsey roofs that. Like he finishes that with all <laughs> like so much conviction. It's it's an emphatic finish. You know what it is, and Watkins needed to lift it in some ways. Just hit it off him. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how easy it is to get a chance simply from putting the right weight on a pass and Philip Coutinho brings his scales to every game. <laughs> it, it starts off with a straight ball through the middle from Mings, which we see nowhere near enough of. I mean, he has that in his locker and he should he should take it out every once in a while. He actually overhits this one, but the intention's right. And it's a lovely touch from, from Watkins and it's a perfect pass from Phil. It's a good save from Forster, but yeah, Ollie has to lift it. Like even six inches off the ground and it's a goal yeah and the really annoying thing about that and this is probably where your whatsapp wins came from is that that should have been 2-0 Villa were well on top they had a couple of chances didn't score and then Southampton just get interested then they've been they've been let off and they get a bit of incentive going forward they've a bit of verve back in their step and uh, Shea, Shea Adams has a header like Liveramento just sits it yeah. up for him at the back post and they can see everybody scrambling Emmy Martinez is just diving hoping that someone hits off him and Shea Adams is just, oh, it's an awful finish at the back post. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful cross. I just think it is slightly too high for him, too yeah. high for that player in particular. I mean, he has to put that height on it to get it to the back post, but Shea Adams just can't get up on it and it just, yeah, it's straight off his forehead and straight over the bar. Yeah. The nomination to have there, we talked about Coutinho and WhatsApp winges where the ball comes back out for him after the pullback team again and he, he tries to drive it past the far post. Um, Watkins, lovely turn this time for right the pitch. Uh, nice run, nice left foot of ball to Coutinho and Jesus, he has to score as well. Like he's through, through one on one. He hits it off Forster's legs too. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing from Ollie Watkins, but how can Coutinho follow up that strike with this one? I mean, it's only a, it's only a minute or two later, yeah. and he's just absolutely pelted one with his with the top of his foot and has whistled past the post, and then this is just such a poor, poor strike at a ball from eight yards out, if even. Coutinho one-on-one from a Watkins <laughs> strike on. 
This could be the worst one. I'd like it. Uh, 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 I don't know. They're all fucking like. Uh, yeah. Did, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to decide in real time. Maybe I should just go through the nominations for like that one that Watkins gets it on his left foot, pulls it back. I feel like it, it's not as bad as this because he had less time. He's just hit it and he's, he's tried to sort of. Ah, no, it's not good. He needs to just lift it. He needs to drive it and it goes in. But this one, he's gone through one-on-one and he, he think he slid it past all the spaces there on the right-hand side and he, he just curves it around the far post. But it doesn't come in in any way, so it's, it's another big miss from him. Yeah, I think he buys all that space that you're talking about at the back post, so it's he has to get a bit of credit from that. It's an amazing header from Watkins and it's, it's a lovely dummy from Coutinho to sit Forster down because he goes down too early and it works. But the finish just isn't there. I, this is nowhere. This isn't the same as a missing a pullback from eight yards out. The goal at your mercy. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Um, I think, I think, well, and we'll probably end up talking more about him. But if Coutinho had scored one more of these chances, I think that would have been one of the best performances I've ever. Seen. It was anyway. Like as I said, he completely ran the show. Like dominated that match with so much. So much conviction and just so much quality and skill. It was beautiful to watch, like and and, and so impactful as well. Like three goals and three assists. Now he could have had way more, um, way more assists, and he could have had a couple of more goals today. But if he scores one more of those, I, I'm struggling to think of a better performance at Villa Park. Yeah, just certainly not in a long time. Nothing that's springing to mind. I mean, the thing about Coutinho is he just doesn't care that there are opposition players on the pitch. He's just. <laughs> He's using them for his own amusement. I mean, they might as well be those free kick mannequins. He's just stepping past them, practicing his footwork, lifting the ball over their heads, moving them around the pitch wherever he wants them to be. He's just a beautiful player. And now that he has more than just Ramsey running for him, it's <laughs> it's it's even all the more glaring how good he is. And Ings and Watkins were going and they were going in tandem. One short, one long, one left, one right. Cash is always going and the only the only negative from him today was this, this, he could have scored four goals because they weren't they weren't difficult chances any of them uh, but it's really really hard to criticise the performance but yeah. three nominations in the Rossenthal Award is definitely a black mark but, but isn't that isn't that really uh, it's fun but it really shows how good a player is as well that they can miss so many big big chances and still absolutely run the show and, and, and not have any real black marks in reality against their performance because they yeah they brought so much to the game outside of those chances that they got uh Ings should have scored as well before he's lovely taking goal but Watkins lays him through down the right and Forster saves again like a couple of good saves from Forster uh, you think he should have done better for the Watkins thing sometimes when I watch Fraser Forster I wonder like why is he not the England keeper especially considering who's ahead of him <laughs> Yeah, he had he had a chance, but there was a lot of talk about him for a long time. Yeah. He's just had, he's had a few jittery moments, like all English goalkeepers. I, do, yeah, I don't watch just, him enough. In fairness, and he just went out of favour. Then, like they all do, they all have this period in their career in their mid twenties for some reason where they just go absolutely off the rails, have absolute horror shows. It's happened to them all. Ben Foster, Pickford, Forster, they all go through it. Nick Pope hasn't reached that age yet, but he will. <laughs> don't you worry about it. Nick Pope will be shit for a while. <laughs> The, the McIngs chance, McGinn through the lines again, so simple to Jacob Ramsey. And all of a sudden, Aston Villa have a three-on-one situation in the middle of a Premier League game. It's absolutely, it's a joke. And 
Luckily for Southampton, Jacob Ramsey slips a little bit because his pass was a, a better option for Watkins again. Plays it to Ings. Ings hits the ball kind of hard and Forster saves it. Yeah, and the only other nomination was that Shea Adams chance that Martin has saved. Yeah, Mings. <laughs> ball watching is putting it mildly. Like he's just falling asleep and it's knocked around him and players run the inside of him while Mings is watching what's happening on the outside of him. And yeah, Martinez leaves the gap, says go on and points us down. Great save. It's strange because Mings is kind of wandering out to the left because our left back isn't there anymore, but there's also no Southampton there. <laughs> so it's a really strange decision. But look, Mings was, Mings was again really good today, but um, it's just another lapse from him that he gets away with this time because we were significantly in the lead. Right, that that's fucking ten minutes of a Rossenthal award. Oh my god! Like <laughs> it really does show how uh, how good Villa were. Because like, I think some of the concerns, even against Brighton, which was a way better performance, but it was like, oh, we didn't have that many chances. Like, but by God, if we can create this many chances, we'll be laughing in every game. Who wins? Who, like, part of me like doesn't want to rule Ramsey out either for just blocking continue from that or not continue uh, Ings from that goal to back post. Watkins. Watkins' one-on-one is bad. Like, I think that's a big chance. I Continue follow-up from the one that's pulled back to him again. I think we can rule that out just because the other two, I think, are, are higher up than it. The pullback from Watkins to continue, uh, what is he, seven yards out, eight yards out maybe, and he doesn't score, and then his one-on-one as well. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rule out the Ramsey taking the ball away from Ings at the back post, and I'm, I'm giving you the choice of three. It's... Continue is one on one. Continue from the pullback, and Watkins is one on one. Continue from the pullback every day of the week. It's just it's that's the glory chance. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to be handed to you on a football pitch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Emmy Martin is is Ronaldo not hitting its shithousery award. <laughs> uh, only one nomination, one winner. I think it's John McGinn using his arse to punish Oriel Romeo early on. He just. Drove into him with his big arse, hips, back, everything. Let him have it. Almost got a yellow card. I'm surprised he didn't. He just went flying, clattering into Southampton's big man. Went for him and he used the best weapon he had to do it. And I think he was throwing his arse around to good effect in this game. Like we had seen during the first few games with Gerard's reign. Gerard knows how to use John McGinn's arse. <laughs> he certainly does. Uh, McGinn, like I said, had a terrible start to the game, but then he was absolutely fine after that, which is great. Like we, we never have really any questions over John McGinn's mentality, but it is still nice to see whenever that happens because he couldn't have started the game any worse, and Oreo Romeo couldn't have finished the game any worse for Southampton. <laughs> he was a mess. I mean, he wasn't helped by the by the setup Southampton had and the the setup that Villa had to exploit that. But geez, he lost his head. He lost his positional sense. He lost his ability on the ball. He was throwing arms into people's faces, kicking people when they're leaning over the top of the yeah. ball. Guy's a scumbag. We knew that anyway. And he showed it today yet again. Yeah. Um, threw his arm into Young's face. And he threw his arm into somebody else's face later on. Like, VAR just wasn't. It was like, ah, lads, my 4-0 up. Let's forget about it. Nobody's getting the red card here today. Um yeah, who who was it? It was down. Was it was it Ramsey that was down? And he he came through and kicked his arse. Like he literally kicked his arse um, as he was trying to kick the ball. And it was really heartening to see that he was one of the mugs that Coutinho sent to the shop with his goal, like he, with his left footed uh, fick. Romeo jumping up, like thinking he's going to block something. You ain't blocking shit. 
<laughs> yeah, there's nothing better than your players sending three people for a pad of sausage and one of them is Romeo. Two have already gone. You're just walking down to the shop with them like a tit. <laughs> the Tim Sherwood, we played two number 10s and bamboozled them award. Speaking of Romeo, I think a great tactical instruction that I could see anyway from uh, from the team was the closing down of that position, that that defensive midfield, if you want to call it that, anchor midfield for Southampton. Like you, you could see McGinn charging into number 10 at times and they were doing it in a way that was boxing off Southampton and they weren't letting them get any sort of foothold, like you said it at the top of the show. Southampton just didn't have the ball, really, to try and exploit their wingers. And it was because Ward Price and Romeo were paying so far back or when they got the ball, they were under so much pressure that it was being played away from them. Like Ramsey and McGinn were adjusting depending on where the ball was coming from. So it was coming from Southampton's right-hand side. McGinn was already pouncing into that number 10 spot to put pressure on and, and vice versa if it was coming from the other side. It was, uh, I don't know, I, th- I thought it was a good intent from Villa to just cut them off at the source. Yeah, last week we talked about the, the better defensive shape that... Watkins and Ings splitting as the centre forwards allowed us, and that that was improved again on Saturday. I mean, continue, continue was way more clued in. The defensive contribution of everyone on the team was immense, and there was a ten or fifteen minutes of absolute resolute defending after going four 0 up, <laughs> including a, a lot of James Ward Price corners as well. I mean, the the lads really wanted a clean sheet. But the pressing of the Southampton players on the half turn was incredible. And not just the energy, but the intelligence of it, the timing. I mean, there was a ferocious 20 minutes in the first half when any time a Southampton player got the ball facing their own goal, they were lit on by three Villa players. And that is just something we haven't seen from Aston Villa. I haven't, I can't remember ever seeing it anyway. And it's absolutely the way to play against teams at or below your level especially if they're going to set up so naively. Yeah, ah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant um, and didn't let up as well. Like they just, they put their foot on their throat and they just pressed down and pressed down. And like, yeah, it gave them more of the ball too. So they didn't have to do that the whole game then. So rather why would you want the ball when you're under that much pressure? <laughs> Second nomination, maybe we, we already touched on this last week, but the change in formation, like... Yeah, we, we did talk about how harsh it is on Buendia, who had been one of the better players, but, I mean, Coutinho was just running the show, and that's all you need, really, as good as Buendia is. He, Coutinho doesn't need another number 10 beside him. Like Buendia will have more chances, and he'll be very important for us going forward, but right now, it makes more sense to just give Coutinho an extra option up top. He's got two men up there who, now that they're starting to figure it out and work together, are, are working really well defensively along with Coutinho so that shape is there it's not a big risk and he's just a number 10 that can feed them all these balls that they want and he's the one now that's getting more to Ramsey and McGinn and yeah just just letting him be the star and be the fulcrum it (laughs) it might sound very simple but actually getting it to work we've seen that sometimes it's not all that easy but now we're seeing that they really had a good idea and they're really executing it well yeah, and, and you can see today that the continuous fitness levels have definitely increased. And but today him... it was it was last fucking week. Just came on. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. By the way, uh, <laughs> but if we've it was given the he's given the platform as well, and by the three lads behind him, and also he's given them the stage to perform by having Ings and Watkins 
running behind him. Danny Ings put in a serious shift today, and he had a serious amount of quality at the end of it. His goal and assist were both lovely and really, really well-deserved. I mean, we've given him some roasting the last few weeks, so I'm glad to see he hasn't let that get to him. But like, having Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins running beyond Philip Coutinho, it's, it's just a dream. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And the only other nomination I have for the Tim Sherwood, we play two number 10s and bamboozled them award, is the first ball we played to Emmy Buendia when he came on. Get it up to his head. Get it up to the big man. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he gets up and he gets it down to Sansa and he wins the free. Like, you know, when you're bringing Buendia on for the last 10 minutes, you want to use him well. And Villa used him to his strengths. They got it up to him. He held the ball up, got it down. Got Villa possession in a high area, got them a free in a high area. <laughs> Our little maestro can see out a game for us. That's how you see out a game. You get the ball up to your big man up top, like Emiliano Buendia. <laughs> the Peter Enkelman, what the fuck award. Uh, John McGinn's first two touches. <laughs> they were they were bad. They were bad. And it was like, oh God, is this going to be one of those days? Um, like one of them, like Ings just plays back to him. Ings drops it off lovely from a little first time touch into midfield, and he just chopped it away into space when nobody was near me. He hacks at it, bounces it up into a player, and then the second one is Ings plays it back to him as well. Another little drop off from Ings, and this time McGinn just turns away from the box. Like he, like Ings is actually teeing him up at the edge of the box, and he turns away and he turns into a player as well. Just a couple of. Really bad touches, and um, but he didn't let it affect him in fairness. Yeah, but they affected me. We give me indigestion at the start of the game. It's like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is so depressing. I can't watch us get battered by an obvious Southampton team again. No, John, get your fucking head in order. Yeah, yeah. The second nomination is Callum Chambers. I don't know if you remember Callum Chambers' header uh, straight into Stuart Armstrong. Like he's, Callum Chambers is playing right centre-back, and he gets up. And he heads it lovely across the edge of the box, just bouncing up for Stuart Armstrong as well, of all people who uh, thankfully just he dallies on the ball and gets put under pressure. Look, I'm going to forgive Callum Chambers as well for, for what he brought to this game and his first clean sheet as well. But that was another heart and mouth moment. Yeah, and like this is the other thing. We weren't particularly brilliant in a game that we could have scored six or seven. I mean, we had a fair few individual howlers, particularly in the first half. Like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Those John McGinn chances, but also Martinez and Mings sort of dicking around far too early in the first half. Like, sorry, too early. They, they should never have been at this nonsense of passing the ball across the byline to each other, throwing dummies in the six-yard box. They, they, they got away with it once brilliantly, to be fair, but that just emboldened them. And then they tried it again, and Armstrong ended up with a chance. And then Callum Chambers tries to save Devon Trap children as well. Heading the fucking ball from the corner of his own box into the D. It was fucking insane stuff. And there was another moment there. Douglas Louise couldn't see a pass in front of him. So he decides to check if he had any options to his left or to his right or behind him. With his whole body. As if his neck and eyeballs couldn't move. As if he wasn't playing a game of professional football. As if he wasn't at the edge of his own fucking box. When you're wearing shorts, Dougie, not a fucking tutu. Like, knock those pirouettes in the head. I know you're playing against Hassan Huddle Sound of Music Football, but this isn't the fucking time or place for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look like... You, you ever have a bad sleep uh, on your neck and you can't turn your head? You look like that <laughs> on both sides. You have to turn your whole body to see what's behind you. 
I, I think I think Mings is going to win this award just for that brief fall and sleep moment that led to their biggest chance, probably. But um, another nomination, like you mentioned, plenty there. But Leon Bailey's first touch. I mean, if if Buendia's was glorious up of his head and getting it down, winning the free, Leon Bailey comes on. It's a simple ball played down the right wing to him by Matt Cash, and I can only assume he was trying to do a Bertie T. You know, do do yeah. that that big elaborate touch that the Bertie T does into the middle. 30 yards, it looks mad, but Bertie T comes striding in along with the ball as well. Uh, no, no, Leon Bailey just falls on his horse and plays it straight back down the same flank, but he plays it straight back down in front of, I think it might have been Kyle Walker-Peters or whoever. Yeah, the only thing worse than that was his, was his attempt at lob at the end of the game. I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're going to call it a lob, I'm not even sure what he was doing there, just getting the ball out of play to waste some time. It, it just seems to me that Jared was given is giving Bailey enough rope to hang himself because he can't be giving him runouts because he thinks there's a player there. I mean, Leon Bailey has gone out of his way to prove to Stephen Gerrard that he's shite. <laughs> he's been really unfortunate with really innocuous injuries, but he's also been really fortunate with the patience that Gerrard has shown him and he'd need to start fucking repaying it. Yeah, and he'd be under a bit more pressure now as well with um with Bertrand Rory coming back. And, and also, you know, Gerrard's bringing him on. I know Gerrard's sort of going for a bit of a flatter midfield when he's been bringing him on there in the last couple of games. But, yeah, you know, we've got Emmy Buendia sitting there on the bench as well. He is realistically ahead of him in the pecking order. Uh, Leon Bailey shouldn't be under any illusions about that. And now Bertrand Shorey's back. And El Ghazi still to come back from Everton as well. <laughs> Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> yeah, from the sabbatical. Uh, the vitamin meter going up. Cash and Ramsey for... How light and quick they are on their feet! You know, just from a defensive point of view, thought Ramsey was a little more quiet than I'd like him to be uh, on the ball today. Didn't really need him. We scored four goals. Should have scored another four, so that's fine. Ramsey can take a <laughs> take a passenger seat every so often, but just the two of them are so nimble for for strong lads as well. Like and and they block these passes from close range. It's uh, look, they just have. They just have way more athleticism than I could ever dream of having. <laughs> you know, just the, the their ability to react and pounce, and it's really nice knowing that you have players who are way more athletically superior than the opposition. It's incredible. Every time I see the power in Jacob Ramsey, it surprises me. I mean, the power up against another man. He's obviously got great power in his legs to run through the pitch. But whenever yeah. he's just shouldering people off the ball, how are you doing? Where are you hiding that strength? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. And he never seems to get knocked off the ball either. He's an absolutely, ah, he's a brilliant player. And you're right, that was today. It's, a, it's an odd day to be praising him because there'll be much better performances from Jacob Ramsey. We don't need to praise him on a day when he played like this. But Jesus Christ, he's so. So nimble, so strong, so smart. He gets back into positions. Ah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Going up, Ashley Young. Just good to see him back. Back in for a W as well. Covering well there for um, look at Dania. Like, you know, some talk when when it was confirmed that Dania and Kanza were out with, with COVID, I think it was. Like, remember it used to be uh, bad to say that. You know, you, you weren't allowed to speculate if it was COVID or, you know, we didn't want to confirm anything. You know, that wasn't confirmed. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just a basically a flu you know, I don't want to say it's basically a flu but people are more uh, they're more liberal now in saying this stuff because um, we're all over the worst of it thank god look what am I doing what am I doing let's get back to the vitamin meter here then I see young <laughs> I see young going up um, because he filled in well um, some of the concerns were that we shouldn't have sold Matt Target look 
look at Dinya's out and we've gotten rid of Matt Target on loan to Newcastle. Young can fill in. Like, don't forget, Matt Target wasn't good. <laughs> Matt Target hasn't been good. We were asking, why isn't Young playing ahead of Matt Target when Target was playing? And then, actually, Young ended up playing ahead of Target a lot of the time because Target was playing so bad. Um, and one particular moment that stood out for Ashley Young, just a lovely clearance from a corner, just great reaction, read the ball well, like a deep ball coming in, and uh, some skill they headed over the bar as well. Just just tuned in, maybe from the Watford goal that he was he had a hand in. Um, I think he was determined not to let that happen again. Yeah, that, that was an absolutely incredible corner as well. With the, the Martinez, Mings, they were all at sea. Mings reacts brilliantly as well. He gets on the line. He's behind Young anyway, ready to clear it. But the header from Young is amazing. They all reacted really well after Martinez gets caught under the ball. But the the idea that Maddie Cat or Maddie Target should have been kept around. I mean, the last thing you'd want to be bringing on is a Maddie Target who has had his confidence knocked even more because he's no longer the first choice. Now, fuck that. Ashley Young every day of the week. Yeah. Going up, Ings and Watkins as a partnership, and maybe the both of them as well, because they've taken a fair bit of stick. Like I say, people. I, I, I think we all have a bit of fun on social media sometimes, and we enjoy reading replies, unless it's to the Villa podcast, and people are telling us to hurry the fuck up with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I hate when I see a footballer respond, and I saw somebody has been... Instagram messaging Ollie Watkins uh, and then Watkins responds and it's like oh no he's reading this like this is just some looper like just writing to him telling him to get his act together and blah 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 and then fairness Watkins response was probably on the money he just says shut up you know nothing and uh, <laughs> and he's pretty much you know backed it up like he's got two goals uh he's been unlucky not to have a goal against Newcastle um and now and there he is like linking up with with Ings really well both taking a hammer and both coming through it and yeah they both are the good players that we knew they were yeah absolutely and they were they were brilliant together as well and maybe, maybe it is enabled a lot more by having continued just behind them as well essentially dictating where they're going to go and yeah. Villa having a much higher platform up the pitch then because of that but the two of them were making runs and they were making complimentary runs like I said earlier on Watkins was coming short when it brings was going long they were splitting left and right they weren't running into each other's angles they weren't Given continue just one chance, it was a brilliant performance from the front three. It was it was class. Yeah, yeah, like th- 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 that was one of the other things that was joyous about Villa. Just the the interchange of Watkins and Ings up top, like they were popping up at different sides of the pitch. You know, just seamlessly. Yeah. Um, wasn't laboured at all. Like you're right if you think about that first goal, which is just like you know through the lines. Continue gets the ball rams it up to Ings, who just plays it through to walk straight line straight through Southampton, but. Ings has come a bit deeper there. And then if you think of the one, like Watkins should have had an assist for Ings as well. And, and in fairness, like I know they have been taking criticism, but this was the problem when the two of them were playing. They weren't linking up, but here they are now. They're doing it well. Ings is assisting Watkins. Watkins should have had an assist for Ings when Ings should have scored. Like, And that's what I mean about the seamless part of it as well. Like you know, Watkins suddenly has found himself deeper and Ings has gone off him. Like just, just in sync with each other. And like maybe this is the start of them really understanding each other. Yeah, in sync with each other, but they're also really helped by the fact that both of them played individually really well. I mean, their touches, their first touch from both of them was was brilliant all yeah. game. They went the balls that were fed into their feet, and they were just popping it off first time, killing the ball dead straight into Coutinho's feet or into Ramsey's feet, and then going again as well, the spinning in behind. Ah, they both played brilliantly. Yeah, going up, Emmy Martinez for his short sleeves. 
Um, <laughs> it's really, I don't know if you've been outside, really fucking cold. It's like, <sighs> it's, 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 it hurts when you're outside. Like I'm wearing a coat all day today and just don't like it. Like, it's just not a nice feeling being out and there's this man <laughs> running, like standing around his goal line just wearing short sleeves for the crack. Like, just almost to, to posture. Maybe it makes him more agile. Maybe, maybe the cat needs the short sleeves like maybe you can't bind them by a long sleeve top but uh i look he looks great back there he looks he looks hard and uh do you know what else he's going up for is that he didn't get a fucking yellow card and i cannot believe it <laughs> going down your fucking propensity for bringing up fashion related things into the diamond meter <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Anybody else in particular that you want to see move up on this meter? No, I think you've captured them all there. It was like it was a really, really good team performance, just destroying a team who were asking to be destroyed, and everybody comes out of that looking well. The manager, you could put him up after a couple of ropey weeks. That is, that is good. Like, yeah, and it's not like we just got a couple of uh, flash in the pan results. It feels like the results off the back of good work, and Young tweeted after the game saying that performance was coming. Um, and that's always that's always a good sign when players are saying that they know it's going well, they know they're putting in hard work, and then when it clicks, it's almost like uh, the scales have fallen off everyone's eyes where they realize, yeah, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be winning four 0 but like you know, all those moves that came together today, like they got way more success out of every attack than they would dream of getting against most other teams. But but that really helps now build the confidence and helps build the understanding. Like they they basically got three games worth of game time out there in attack today <laughs> <laughs> thanks to ralph hasenhuddle yeah hopefully they haven't wasted three games worth of chances <laughs> we'll take a very quick breather and come back with questions we can't answer questions we can't answer but probably will why does it take amanda staveley of all people to really point out the true victim of what's happening in the world today Roman Abramovich <laughs> doesn't think it's fair that he's going to lose his football club. I mean, somebody think of Roman Abramovich as billions. It's just like, and by the way, he's not going to lose his football club. He's going to sell it for an absolute fortune. <laughs> yeah, imagine feeling sorry for Roman Abramovich. Imagine feeling sorry for a man who made his money by fucking over every citizen in his country. <laughs> made his money through political favour and underhand deals took every resource out of the country and sold them and fucking siphoned the money into his own mansions and yachts like what sort of a psychopath feels sorry for such a disgusting reprehensible billionaire because he's lost his toy because his evil mate facilitated him fleecing the country there's now a warmongering scumbag and he might be suffering for that like oh poor woman lost his football club like, yeah. do me a fucking favor. Do you know who actually comes out and says things like that? Someone who's in bed with a regime involved in human rights abuses and war crimes for fucking decades. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, like it's it's um, uh, I can't I can't even muster up the words to do it justice. Like you know, crass is one very nice way of putting it. Like it's just why what do you. Why would you even be doing an interview and at this stage? Like we all we all get it. Like, you know, there's a bit of an argument out there, like maybe Eddie Howe shouldn't have to deal with with these questions, but you know, Eddie Howe knew what he was stepping into as well. Albeit stepping as a football manager, but he knows what the deal is. Like it's the reason he's getting that job. There's a reason Steve Bruce is finally no longer Newcastle manager. And uh 
I, I, I just can't get it sometimes. Like, you know, why would Amanda Stavely just be up for questions around this time? Like, when it, it's just a real absence of, of thought and absence of bloody common sense and, and heart, even as well. Yeah, not kiss. Why didn't Harry Maguire just clear it out for a corner kick? <laughs> because Harry Maguire has no technical skills and also no brain, there is a genuine difficulty in trying to decide if he has just let it let a ball with no pace on it roll between his legs from six yards away because he couldn't physically shut his legs fast enough or because he couldn't process the information quickly enough. He's like a fucking bard trying to do a U-turn in a canal with a golden retriever at the tiller. And I get, once again, I find myself thinking, how good must Harry Maguire be in training that he keeps getting picked before I realise the absolute absence of rationality in that thought process? Because that, of course, cannot be the explanation. The explanation is always so much more simple. And a cursory look at the Man United bench shows you that Phil Jones is Man United's next choice for that left-hand centre-back position. Meaning that Harry Maguire's only required qualification is to own a pair of football boots. <laughs> but he doesn't have football boots. He has big canoe boots. Like It, it, it looks like... <laughs> It looks like he's running with canoes underneath and he can't move along the ground. Like I've always said, I've always said, Harry Maguire's brilliant in there. Great header of a ball. He's strong underneath a high ball. Pretty much stops there. He's an absolute disaster. He's a shambles. And I I do not want to labour this point, but I cannot forget, I can't forget in the summer, Gary Neville talking to Jamie Carragher in the Sky Sports studio saying that Harry Maguire isn't his most important player and without him, that would be the biggest loss. Bigger than Harry Kane because they have Calvert-Lewin to come in if Harry Kane's missing. <laughs> and without Harry Maguire, they can't play four at the back because like with Harry Maguire, everything's possible. Unfucking believable unforgivable uh, piece of commentary, but... This man's this man doesn't know where he's coming or he's going, and like you're talking about Phil Jones being, like, I'm I'm actually wondering would that be worse? Would that be much worse? Like at least we would all have a bit of ah, that's nice, isn't it, to see Phil Jones back? Like you know, like we'd have a bit of that, a bit more support for him. It would almost be like uh, did you see Brandon Williams about to about to choke Christian Eriksen when he was wondering who the fuck pulled him to the ground in the Norwich the Norwich Brentford game, and then he saw it was Eriksen. And he just stopped immediately and gave him a hug on the ground. <laughs> it would be would be the equivalent of that, where you see another Man United defender make a mistake, and then you would realise it's Phil Jones, and it's like, ah, yeah, you know, good, good to see you back, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, would it not be better just like bringing in a youth player for now and just like trying to develop him? Like, just pick your best prospect and see if he can if he can develop quickly here. It is strange because he has taken the the big big decision to drop him a couple of times i mean it's not like he's been backed into a corner here now he he knows that he can drop him i mean th- this moment is so glaring because like i say not only the fact that he couldn't close his legs either because he's physically immovable or his brain dead but whenever he turns around as well he turns around so slowly and then he looks surprised and kind of jumps into the air because a man city player is coming steaming down into the top of him but does he not know what has just happened I mean, for, he got nutmeg by his goalkeeper making a save seven yards away. Like, that's preposterous. But then to be surprised that Man City might have another player in the box whenever you've lost possession 30 yards out is absolute madness. 
but it's nearly as mad as Gary Neville preferring a first 11 that has Harry Maguire and Dominic Calvert-Lewin than one that has Tyrone Mings and Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. That like that that's actually the real crux of it there. Like ask ten people, nine of them are definitely saying I would rather have Mings and Harry Kane rather than <laughs> it wants a game where if Maguire was any good, that argument would still stand up. You would still rather have Mings and Harry Kane because of what Kane brings up top, especially compared to Calvert Rune. Or would you rather have Maguire and Calvert Rune? But Gary Neville would rather have Maguire and Calvert Rune. <sighs> Last one. Are we doing a fucking podcast on Thursday or not? <laughs> <laughs> we need to get off this call right now because like the tweets are coming in and I really appreciate it, but by God, it would put you under pressure as well. Per Stefan Driscoll has just tweeted us to say things have gotten that bad. He's gone back to old podcasts just to get his fix. He's gone back to the 9th of November, 2020. <laughs> and I think I remember this was an Arsenal match that... Was it the one the Villa won 3 0 off the back of two bad results? And it, like, he's quoted it saying, Liam, we owe Matt Target an apology. And then it was your quote saying, Every time I said Matt Target was shite, Matt Target was shite. <laughs> <laughs> back two years. Almost two years. Yeah, like, this is not to go back two years now to find a good game you know, that was looking like that about, <laughs> about two weeks ago. <laughs> But can I hold you to it? Leeds match Thursday. Like you know, you know it's going to be a loss as well, and we're going to be straight in. Like here's your podcast, lads. Here we are. We're all angry. We're all irrational. Come fucking get it Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I wouldn't miss a Leeds podcast for the world. Not like I fucking miss this one either. I'm still doing it here. I haven't watched the game. Fucking two days deferred at lunchtime. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We'll see you in Thursday. Uh, definitely. Definitely see you Thursday. Um, and thanks for listening and thanks for all the pressure once again really appreciate it but uh, maybe you'll do us a favour and share it on now that it's it's out because I'm worried that uh, people will just piss off now that we've given them two days without a podcast like they might have found something <laughs> someone else might have gone supported a different club so let them know that we're back we're still alive and kicking and Aston Villa are still alive and kicking and in the words of Oasis I don't know why this song is stuck in my head I went through an old playlist on Spotify there it's good to be back, even though we already won last week as well, so it didn't really make any sense. But uh, it feels like we are back. We're back in the big time. And we will be back on Thursday, I promise. All the best. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.